In Genesis 4-7, God warns, If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. The sin you choose to give in to is not the only sin you will struggle with. One sin inevitably leads to another, and then to another, and another. Once you become comfortable with a particular sin in your life, it is only a matter of time until other issues arise. Welcome to the Point of Purity Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 167. In this week's episode, we continue our mini-series on glorifying God. And this week's episode is simply entitled, One Plus One Equals What? Let me repeat my opening statement to this week's episode. Listen closely. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, God is warning Cain, and here's what he says. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. You must master it. You must rule over it. You see, the sin that you choose to give in to today is not the only sin that you will struggle with. One sin inevitably leads to another and to another and to another and another, and, and it just keeps on going. Once you've become comfortable with a particular sin habit in your life, it's only a matter of time until other sin issues arise and become habits as well. For, for example, the husband who has been secretly looking at pornography isn't only dealing with the sin of lust. By keeping it secret, he's guilty of lying and deceit as well. If his wife suspects something and confronts him, he may choose to respond in anger. If he allows the sin to continue, the battle with this sin expands into, into struggles with pride and bitterness, and those things will deepen. You see, sin will always result in the death of something. Think about it this way. If left to itself, the process will always be this. Self-worship equals temptation equals sin equals death. And you say, Steve, where do you keep getting this death? It's from Scripture. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 tells us that each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. James, 4, James 1, 14 and 15. Whenever you choose to sin, watch this now. Whenever you choose to sin, whatever the sin may be, there is always the consequence of some form of death that follows. Consider the husband that's entrenched in pornography. He's battling with sin on a number of different fronts. Lust, pride, anger, lying, control, um, fear, anxiety. And as a result, his sin has brought a type of death to the relationship with his wife, for example. She may not even know it, though experience has taught me that she probably suspects something. The marriage relationship has begun to deteriorate. And slowly, um, almost imperceptibly at first, but the longer it's allowed to go unchecked, the quicker the damage and the destruction are left in its wake. The husband becomes withdrawn, self-focused, self-obsessed. 
He no longer instinctively reaches out to her, caring for her, loving her the way he used to. She picks up on that. Their physical relationship is in decline. This in turn causes her to withdraw, eventually damaging her love for him, another form of death. Sin will always result in some kind of death. Something is always destroyed. Too often, we choose to listen to the lies of the enemy that says, well, I'm just human. Let's face it, nobody's perfect. I'm always going to struggle with this sinful habit anyway, so why, why fight it? Oh, my friend, all believers, including you, have the God-given ability to say no to temptation. God cannot lie. And God tells us in his word that we can take it to the bank of heaven. We can do all things, and all means all, and that's all all means. We can do all things through Christ. Because in Christ, we'll find the strength and the ability and the power to defeat the temptation and live in victory. Philippians 4.13, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. God promises us that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 Don't you ever let the lie of the enemy convince you that you cannot live in victory in 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 the face of your temptations, especially over the temptation that, as Hebrews 12.1 says, can so easily entangle you and easily trip you up. God says otherwise. Now, someone may be tempted to say, but Steve... You mean well, I understand that, but but you just don't get it. Listen, my friend, there is no, well, my situation is unique. My issues are different than anybody else's. Let me remind you of what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Think about that. God uses the word no, N-O. It's an absolute negative. It's a negation. In other words, absolutely not a single temptation, not one, will ever come upon you that is totally unique and special to you on you alone. Not one. Let's face it, we all struggle with temptation. Every Christian battles every day with sin issues on their, in their life. Paul said, it's common to man. In other words, we all experience the same temptations. Now, let's go. Let, let, let's admit it. It may have a different face. It may be felt in a different way, but it's still the same core. It's the same heart issue: self-centered King Me worship. We're daily engaged in this spiritual warfare. Paul describes it this way in Romans chapter seven, verse twenty-three. He says, "I see a law at work in the members of my body." waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that is at work within my members. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 warns us, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. 
This is why, my friend, we are to James 4, 7, submit ourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, James 4, 7. We are at war, spiritual warfare, daily, moment by moment. And because we are at war, we are to daily put on all of God's armor so that we will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil, Ephesians 6, verse 11. Let's face it, you will always be tempted. It, it just, it's part of life. It's part of the Christian life. But you never, ever have to give in to the temptation. Let me repeat that. You never have to give in to the temptation. You never have to sin. You always, always, always have a choice. And the scriptures are clear. Others have experienced the same temptations, and they have also been victorious over those temptations through Christ. So, so can you. So can I. I want to submit that God fully understands that sometimes it seems like your particular temptation to sin is about to overwhelm you. It feels like it's it seized you. It's it sunk its nasty claws into you deep, and it's, and it's impossible to escape. In fact, the word that James uses for the word seized means to grab hold of and carry away. The promise that God is making to us is that no temptation, even though it may feel like it's dug those claws deep in, no temptation will be so strong that you cannot stand with Christ in the face of it and resist. Again, let me remind you that Paul said, no temptation, not a single one, has ever been nor ever will be stronger than God. Do you believe that? Don't believe it because Steve Etner says so. Believe it because God says so. No temptation is stronger than God. That's why Matthew 19, verse 26, Jesus said, With God, all things are possible. Hmm. I love it when I see the words, but God, in Scripture. For example, in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Watch this now. No temptation. Even the one that gives you the deceptive feeling of powerlessness, no temptation is stronger than God. But God is faithful. Hmm. That word faithful refers to one who has been repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again proven trustworthy in the execution of their promise, in the discharge of their official duty. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. The one who is faithful can be fully and completely relied upon at all times. They will keep their word. The faithful one will do exactly what they have promised every time, all the time. And who is faithful? Who is fully trustworthy? Who is completely reliable at all times to keep every word and every promise? Who will, with the temptation that you're facing, also help you to endure so that it does not overwhelm you and crush you? The answer is the almighty, holy, all-powerful, sovereign creator of the universe, God himself. God is faithful. 
He not only is fully aware of every temptation you have, are, and ever will face, He has given you His promise that He will also give you the ability to endure throughout any and every temptation. He doesn't want you to be defeated. He doesn't want you to be discouraged. He doesn't want you to feel that the only choice you have because you're backed into a corner is to sin. That's the only way to get out. God will never, ever, ever let you be tempted beyond what he knows you can bear. And he knows you well, my friend, because he created you. You must understand this does not mean that you will never experience a difficult temptation. It doesn't mean the temptations that you do experience won't feel overwhelming at times. It does, however, mean that God is in complete control at all times. And all means all, and that's all all means. He is in complete control even when you're experiencing temptation. And in the midst of that temptation, whatever the temptation may be, you can fully trust in God that he will not permit He will not allow that temptation to be more than what you can deal with. It won't crush you. Let me be quick here, though, to remind you that God will never tempt you to sin. The temptation will never come from God. James 1.13 makes that abundantly clear. But God will, however, allow certain temptations to enter into your life, not to trip you up, not to mess you up, not to cause you to sin, but for the purpose of revealing to you that heart issue that you're holding on to that's preventing you from growing closer to him. I mean, let's face it, if Satan had his way, that temptation, whatever it may be, would bring about your destruction. That's what he wants. But God chooses to use that exact same temptation as a way to reveal to you, to open up your eyes and your heart, to reveal to you an area of that self-centered, king-me-oriented worship that is still buried in your heart, that still needs to be dealt with so that you can move forward in an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father. It's through the temptation, oftentimes, that God is providing us with an opportunity to discover what our heart issues really are, what it is we're truly struggling with. So in the midst of that temptation, He not only reveals to you the issue, the problem that that you're struggling with, he shows you how to escape, how to stand firm in the faith and in the truth of God's word. The key, watch this now, the key is how you choose to deal with your temptation when it comes. Not that temptation will come, that's a given. Paul says, when you are tempted, excuse me, not, not if you are tempted, James tells us in James chapter 1, verse 2, to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Not if, when. We will always, daily, struggle with temptation. The key is how you choose to respond to the temptation. And that response will always begin with your mind. What you're allowing yourself to think about, not just in the midst of the temptation, but leading up to the temptation. Where are your thoughts? What's going on in your heart and in your mind? Who's sitting on the throne? Excuse me. If you look at the temptation with a defeatist attitude, you will end up being defeated. Now, let me repeat that. If you look at your temptation with the attitude of a defeatist, you will end up being defeated. However, 
if in that moment of temptation, you choose to see the temptation as coming from God. Now, again, not God tempting you, but God allowing the temptation because he wants to reveal something in your life that needs to be dealt with because he wants you to become spiritually mature. He wants you to conform to the image of his son, Romans 8, uh, 29. If, if you have that mindset, okay, God, why am I being tempted? It's because you're trying to reveal something to me. What are you trying to show me? How is this going to help me become more like you? It will take a totally different approach. You will take a totally different approach to the temptation. That, that's the way that you are able to endure it. And then again, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, again, not if, when, when you are tempted, he will provide the way out so that you can stand up under it, so that you can endure it. You know, there was a specific time in my life when I would read this verse or hear this verse quoted, and I would fixate on the words, a way out. And I would be in the midst of my temptation. I'd say, okay, God, you said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that you're going to provide a way out. Where's the exit sign? Where's the window? Where's the door? Show me a crack in the wall. I'll squeeze through it. Just get me out of here. Maybe you can relate. But you know, I've since discovered that the way out that God provides is not so that I will no longer experience the temptation. The way out is not so that I can be free from the temptation. See, that way out would not help me grow closer to God. That way out would not help me become more like Christ. That kind of way out gives you the opportunity to slip back into your contented way of living. It makes things easy for you. And, and I'm sorry, my friend, but God isn't about making life easy. He's about making it better. So rather, as you're going through the temptation, as you choose to focus your mind on the things of God, focusing your attention on what it is that God is revealing to you through the temptation, in the midst of the temptation, discovering what it is you need to deal with, it is then that you are able to actually endure the temptation because God is moving in your life. He's molding you. He's shaping you. He's polishing you. He's taking the, the hammer and chisel and chipping off the rough edges. The key here is learning to focus on his glory, not your pleasure. Let me repeat that. We need to focus on his glory, not our pleasure. That's the way of escape. Not that we'll no longer have to deal with the temptation, but the temptation will no longer feel overbearing, no longer feel overpowering. We see it now as a tool that God is allowing into our life to mold us and to shape us into being more like Christ. Then we'll be able to endure. We'll be able to bear up under the temptation patiently, handling it victoriously. That is what will glorify God. Okay, um, we're, we're going to hit the pause button until next week's episode. Next week, we're going to continue our mini-series on how to glorify God. But in the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry, what it is we do to help men across the globe find freedom and victory over their sexual addictions, be sure to visit our website. There's a plethora, there's a multitude of resources that we've made available to you. 
Our website is located at www.thepuritycoach. It's all one word, the purity, P-U-R-I-T-Y, coach, C-O-A-C-H, dot com. And we just want to put out a plea to, to have you, I even feel awkward asking this, but to have you very seriously consider becoming a supporter of this ministry, to give financially, to help us reach men across the globe. So if God's moving in your heart to become a financial partner with the Pure Man Ministry, again, you can go to our website, thepuritycoach.com. In the upper right corner, there's a donate button. If you click that button, you can give your tax-deductible donation to our ministry today. Please help us reach our goal financially so that we can reach the world with the message of hope and healing and restoration. We need your ongoing support. And if you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, oh, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is author, speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach Steve Etner for the Pure Man Ministry reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thinking.